Today's podcast is brought to you by Eggshell Light Company. For over 45 years, Eggshell Light Company has been the go-to specialty shop handling the lighting needs for all that grace the shores of beautiful Hawaii. Combining the artistic methods of the theater with the speed and efficiency of the musical touring industry, they have pioneered event lighting throughout the Hawaiian Islands. They specialize in supply of top-shelf equipment and designers for broadcast, concerts, corporate, and special events. From the smallest weddings to televised concerts and the largest corporate clients, they know that this is your most important event. It is their goal to make you feel that way. Aloha from Eggshell Light Company. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of LD at Large podcast. My name is Chris Lose. I am the designer relations developer at Ayrton Lighting as well as columnist for PLSN, LD at Large, uh, the monthly back page. I hope everybody's listening and enjoying. I am here today with Nick Strand, a video engineer and author at MCLED. We have known each other since uh, early 2010, yeah. 2011, when we did the Motley Crew residency in Las Vegas. Thank you so much for making time to come and chat with me. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. You and I have, uh, it's been a long time since we got to hang out. We were about to have a good time. Uh, I was going to come to Seattle to come to the, your uh, book opening party. Uh, yes. Uh, unfortunately, that's not going to happen. So we thought it would be a good time to to chat about everything that you're up to and and what's going on? Yeah, for sure. This uh, Corona kind of uh, put a pause to things, but at the same time, uh, kind of put us in some deeper thought potentially too. So um, good and bad all at the same time, I guess. Thanks to social media, even though we have been so far apart, we, we still get to interact as often as possible. You and I often yes. team up on many <laughs> social justice warrior issues and we, we, uh, we make a good team. For sure. I always appreciate it. Every time I'm, I'm deep in the, in the woods with somebody else, I always feel you <laughs> either chiming in when I needed you the most, <laughs> vice versa. It's a community effort, and we're definitely learning that right now. Absolutely. I don't know if we're changing any minds, but we're definitely not letting people get too far the other direction. It's a, uh, it's a, it's a team effort, and um, I, th- I think, you know, Right now, we're definitely learning how, uh, you know, we are definitely freedomless when we take it all off, uh, uh, you know, to the down, to the very, very core, uh, which is our health. And, um, you know, as a community, uh, you know, we don't have any of that unless we're all safe. And uh, as we sit home right now, uh, most of us having a hard time uh, and understanding but at the same time uh difficulty because those freedoms that we're so used to uh the norms have been taken away um not for anything i guess uh negative uh but just in the health sense uh with what's happening um which is kind of you know uh tested some of our patients but also like i said uh you know is, is helping us um, grow as humans, um, and hopefully as a community, um, 
in the hopes that, you know, when we walk away from this, um, you know, actually makes our community stronger. Um, yeah. So fill me in a little bit on what big plans you had just before the, all the travel restrictions and the self-isolation affected us. Yeah. So, uh, April 7th, um, which is actually about seven days away, um, I had a a release party scheduled uh, for a book I wrote um, called Loving Someone Who's Dying, um, subtitled Choose Your Attitude, Create Your Life. Um, And this is a book about uh, my wife who passed away May 2017. Um, We met uh, back in 2006, um, she was born with cystic fibrosis, uh, which is a, uh, a lung-altering disease. Um, it affects many other parts of your body. Um, kind of to get more detailed, uh, it affects your protein and your salt, uh, the, the salts in your body uh, that help create mucus or, or help create uh, um, should we say grease in a sense, uh, to relieve the mucus that builds up in all your body parts, um, from your lungs, uh, your sinuses, um, any part of your body that has air involved. Um, it, it, those proteins help you. Um, but with cystic fibrosis, uh, those proteins are not visual or, or available, um, which then makes mucus and stuff that we're used to being able to cough up um, a little bit more anchored and sticky. Um, and so, uh, unfortunately, um, uh, about five years into our relationship, uh, she was contr- uh, she got abscesses, which is a microbacterium. Um, when I say got um, there is many other microbacteriums, uh, that a CF patient, uh, fights. However, um, this would be considered a superbug um, that really is a, a hard fighter, um, almost like the coronavirus now. Um, but it, it went downhill quick. Um, and, uh, unfortunately May 2017, it took her life. Um, and, uh, 2012, I actually lost my mom to cancer, um, and she had lung cancer. So there was a six month battle there. Um, all this piling up, um, it was a tough time. And so I basically took some time and finally encouraged myself to write a book. Um, and I, I spent probably a good month and a half, um, just writing from the first time I started it to the last day. I was actually, uh, this was actually started last year. Um, I was out on the Dave Matthews tour and um, great group of people and uh, got me in the mindset. Um, and um, I actually woke up one day with uh, something called uh, Bell Palsy. Um, I went to meet a friend on the road, uh, uh, woke up that morning. My face was just completely uh left side of my face was paralyzed. Um, and, uh, it was a scary feeling. I went right to thinking it was a stroke and Dr. Google. Um, but it was a great wake up call, uh, to remind myself how fragile we are. And, um, it definitely put me into a place to get this book going. Um, so we had about a month and a half off 
And I spent the entire time writing this book. And um, it basically was about our life and um, her simple message of choose your attitude, create your life. Um, and after writing it, uh, many things kind of came from that. And uh, this release party was going to be uh, kind of the big starting point, um, getting a lot of group of friends there and um, sharing the story and uh, starting the motivational speaking. And um, unfortunately, Corona kind of uh, paused that. Um, but at the same time, it's crazy timing to uh, be in the situation we are uh, and have the same um, kind of topic and uh, the past that I had um, at the same time. Wow, that is that's a lot to go through in just a number, a few number of years. Uh, yes, and you did all of this as a freelancer. So through her uh, her ordeal, you had to be out on the road. Yes, um, when we met, we met in two thousand six. Um, she was uh, actually a state officer uh, for the state uh, Future Farmers of America. Um, I was in my last year of college um, as a uh, production manager for their state convention. Um, and we worked really close together. And um, that was the first year that we met. And the year after, um, I went into my first uh, tour was with Rush. And um, our whole entire journey uh, was definitely through this um, uh, on the road. Um, and, you know, I, I think one of the biggest things that I, I do appreciate, although it was difficult, um, is, you know, on the road, it's difficult to be away. But I think one thing that being away really has taught me is it teaches you how to communicate. Um, and one thing we've kind of lost in society with social media and other things is the lack of empathy, compassion, emotion. Um, how easy is it to text somebody hurtful words and not even hear their emotion or how easy it is to uh, text somebody hurtful words on social media and walk away and not be responsible for the emotions when you're in person. So when you're away, you kind of learn how to verbalize that communication. Uh, so then when you come in person, um, kind of like Journey's song, uh, Faithfully, um, you know, when, when you get home in person, it just becomes that much more valuable. Your communication's that much stronger. And, you know, it really is difficult as it was to be away as I watched her slowly. Uh, I don't want to use the word perish, um, but that's the word that comes to mind. I feel perish is kind of a negative term. Um, but yeah, it was, you know, those are some of the big strengths I, I, I feel um, that I think we take for granted out on the road that that helps um, sometimes makes it more difficult, but at the same time uh, helps. That must have been gut wrenching for you to have to know that she was sick and you would have to leave and come back. It, and your only connection was through uh, texts and phone calls and FaceTime. Yeah, it was um it was actually kind of crazy. Um somehow some way uh scheduling worked out perfect. Um and the times that she did have to go into the hospital, 
um, aka doctor's appointments that were, uh, you know, uh, a few days long to kind of, uh, uh, we call it like a tune up, if you will, where she'd, uh, get on some at home or, um, IVs at the doctor's office if, if it was bad enough or, um, the at home IVs, uh, usually kind of timed out, uh, right. But, um, yeah, there really wasn't any time that we had to, uh, uh, leave uh midtime um but that was one thing though too that that helped um is in the beginning of our relationship we kind of uh you know found what was valuable in each other and um believe it or not uh I love what I do out on the road um and uh she loved uh, her veterinary work and that was kind of in our relationship one of the things that we promised each other is um, you know, much like our relationship and how much each other mean to each other, um, the value of what we do uh, means a lot. So, um, you know, that was one thing that she understood is, um, you know, having that joy was helpful, vice versa, when I would come home, um, you know, just completely would support her in doing what she did to kind of help take away from that. But um, yeah, there was... The only time that we really had uh, a time where I had to walk away from work and the scheduling didn't work out, mind you, um, uh, Barry Claxton, uh, working with Chaos, doing video with him, um, he was a huge supporter and understood the story and um, uh, very appreciative for his understanding as he would, uh, you know, we, we kept close contact. So uh, when things would get difficult, he'd put me on uh, smaller tours. Um, when she was healthier, we'd be able to uh, keep me on longer tours. So working with him definitely helped. Um, but uh, it wasn't really until um, near the uh, beginning of 2017 uh, when I actually had to walk away um, when she got really sick um, out of a tour. Um, I remember it was actually the the first day uh, of a load-in on Zach Brown Band and it was the first day that I'd ever walked off a gig um, and I'd barely started loading. And I remember getting the phone call and um, I uh, found my crew chief that I had barely even met because it was day one and basically was like, you know, I've never done this before, but, you know, I got to go. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, Barry Claxton has always been known for being uh, aware of things like that and very uh, uh, understanding and understanding. Yeah. yeah, we uh, we definitely live in an industry that um, can sometimes be a little uh, uh, gut wrenching or um, uh, cutthroat. Um, and uh, no, he definitely um, in what was crazy not to you know talk him up a lot is. Um, you know, the thing I did appreciate is not much communication or verbalization had to happen. He was just aware and having that awareness made me as a person work even harder when he did get me out there because I knew that not only was he listening, but he was also paying attention and, you know, kind of in our days today, you know, when you have, you know, leadership like that, sometimes, uh, you know, those type of gestures are heard a lot louder uh, than others, if that makes sense. And you're not a full-time employee either. 
No, no, I'm completely freelance. Um, and so, yeah. So Barry did this for somebody who he has no real uh, allegiance to, but he knows that you're good at what you do. So he wanted to do everything he can to keep you around. Exactly. And, and working. Yes. Um, and at the same time, like I said, too, is having that awareness for myself uh, of the surroundings made it even, um, you know, that much more appreciative and make me work even harder. Um, in the book, I remember there was actually uh, one scenario. Um, so Brianna's uh, choose your attitude, create your life was her her saying. Um, and she just lived this life of uh quality over quantity um and her heroism was so strong in this fight that most didn't even realize it um but it was definitely you know people could see the light so i think when people met uh met her on the road and such you it was very well known um and i do know that there was a couple tours that asked me back that was aware of this for instance like when i was on kelly clarkson um alan hornall was a huge supporter um, and, uh, knew of Brianna and such. So I, I think some of that kind of helped as well, but, um, there was a tour, uh, I think it was back in 2016. Um, it was, uh, um, his last name, just uh, space, um, Hans Zimmer. Um, and, uh, Brianna went into the hospital and I could tell that she was getting sick, but she, she supported me so much that she always convinced me. She's like, you know, no, go, go. This tour was three months overseas, uh, Europe, Australia, um, and then New Zealand. And um, she had just been put in the hospital and she had never really been put in the hospital uh, more than once before, um, back to back. And this time it was pretty extreme. Um, and the day, about a week before, um, you know, be, because I understood uh, things were kind of getting crazy, um, out of respect, I actually uh, texted Barry and I was like, hey, I, I, I'm not giving up yet, but if, if you can find somebody, because I, I, I think I may have to, you know, pull an audible here. Um, and um, sure enough, the day before, um, she kept convincing me, no, go, you're fine. Go, you're fine. Um, and, uh, I, I just, I had this feeling. So I, I called her doctor, um, which I had as, uh, we have his personal phone and I, I never used the lifeline and, um, I used it and I called him and he's like, yeah, you know, you, you should stay. Um, so I called Barry right away and mind you, this is on the trip on a ferry with my suitcase to spend the night at the hospital for the next morning to get on this flight for a three month tour. And I remember in my head, understanding what it takes to replace somebody on a world tour like that. And, um, yeah, I had to call and cancel, but he was so understanding and it, it made the, it, the human aspect, um, it, it was encouraging to have somebody uh, still have some humanization uh, on, on something that, you know, uh, is difficult sometimes to have in our industry. Um, so, yeah, the, that was just one of the many. We've come a long way from being just a band of, a band of pirates. That's for yeah. sure. 
so one of the now. things that yeah. that Barry couldn't offer you was health insurance. There's nothing that he could do in that regard. What were you guys doing for that? I mean, that, that's this all sounds very expensive. It's you know that was that was one of the biggest challenges. Um, you know, you 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 set a dream as a kid to you know go do this kind of stuff. Uh, you do it, and you don't. As a younger kid, you're not looking at like okay, what is all involved? Health insurance, all this other stuff. At the same time, you know, when I fell in love with Brianna, I didn't. You know, my parents were definitely you know making some signs of like. Uh, are you sure? Not in the fact of, you know, they didn't question my love for her, but at the same time of like understanding what a, uh, a you know, a life like that is. And uh, this was about the time when uh, Obamacare was being um, acknowledged. Um, mind you, uh, at that time, uh, she was walking into college and about ready to... Uh, have to go on insurance on her own. Um, but Obama extended that, um, I think up to like 23 years old. Um, so then, uh, once we got married, we basically, it was me and her paying for insurance and mind you, she needs pills to help her, uh, enzymes because that's one of the things that goes away. Um, and the enzymes are what help, you know, break down your nutrients and you need nutrients to help fight, uh, you know, uh, bugs. Um, for instance, like the coronavirus to help build your immune system, you need nutrients. Well, if you don't have enzymes to get your nutrients, then so you got to have pills for that. And that she had um, on average, it was 14 plus pills a day. Um, and each pill is about a dollar. Um, so, you know, do the math there. Um, so it was like, two pills with snacks, four with, uh, uh, I think it was up to eight with every meal. Um, so that's just enzymes. That's, that's just like maintenance. That's not to add, you know, the IVs. And of course you had to find insurance that was going to help cover this stuff. Um, and so, yeah, we were, we were paying for insurance. And, um, uh, so on top of, you know, working in everything of the normal trying to just live a good life is paying for the insurance. And because she already had an existing condition, the insurance was more expensive because of the bills were, you know, crazy. And we knew that prescriptions, her bills were crazy. So um, it got to a point where, um, you know, she, she and herself is, is a hard worker. Um, but it got to a point where she literally was working to pay for health care to make her better so that way she could work to pay for her health care. And a cycle, right? Um, it's a never ending. It's a, well, it's a, it's an ending. It's a downward cycle. And it's kind of unfair because she was born with it. So how, you know, like it, it's, it's one of those things that I, it's, you know, I, I look at it like, well, you're born with this and we're, you're brought into life, but then how are you able to live? And that was part of her quality of her quantity thing. And what kind of made her heroism is, um, and, and made the, made it tough for her doctors because, um, she was also one of those people though, too, that, you know, a doctor comes into the, um, uh, the doctor's office and they were prescribing sometimes four to eight hours of meds. 
So she'd have IVs always on the wall, um, some IVs that were, uh, you know, four-hour transfers um, that were at-home IVs. Um, and prior to her passing away, uh, she had a, a 24-hour IV. Uh, she named Chuck because uh, she wanted to chuck it. Um, <laughs> but um, no, that was her thing is, is, you know, she also had this thing of, of, of value of quality over quantity of life that... You know, she was like, no, I'm, I'm only going to give this disease four hours of my day. Um, and I know that scientifically eight hours is going to give me better odds. But at the same time, like, you know, I have to find life. Um, so it was this extreme vicious circle of, you know, not only having the health, but then the mental quality of life to set that all aside and actually have days of just having life. Um, so yeah, could, it, could yeah. she get insurance through her veterinarian job? Uh, no, um, it was a smaller company. Um, and you know, that, that was kind of some of the layers too, is, um, because of her health, uh, she wanted to be a veterinarian. So she did four years, but to do eight years of college, um, you know, she wasn't able to get into veterinary uh, school. And so um, the veterinary clinic actually um, gave her some, gave her some work and kind of helped her, uh, you know, get to a spot, a kind of special spot, if you will, um, who saw her full potential and understood her standing. Um, but because the company was small, they couldn't really provide much health care. Um, and so all of a sudden, it's one of those, those tough decisions. And as, as her husband, I was you know, it's one of those hard, hard questions. And, and for me, it was kind of easy in the fact of, you know, I think mental strength is a lot more important than, uh, you know, the, the monetary, uh, strength in the fact of, um, it was unfair to put her in a job at like, let's say Walmart where you're not going to be happy, but you're going to have that solid job. And I, at Walmart, I think, doesn't even have healthcare, but I guess what I'm saying is, is a job that has healthcare, but is not going to put you in a mental spot to, um, you know, kind of live, uh, a quality life. And so, um, you're not really free at all then, are you? If you have right. to find a job it, exactly. based on healthcare. Exactly. Um, and so, you know, that was the struggle. Um, and, and so that was kind of that fine line. And so, a lot of my time on the road was, you know, making the money. So when we came home, uh, we could do everything we could to live and um, live properly. And um, in addition to, you know, just just the simple life um, with all the payments. Now, keep in mind, right before she passed, um, you know, some of those monthly bills that would come through would be forty to eighty thousand dollars of IVs. Um, and, you know, here you are having to argue with the insurance company um, or the doctors having to argue um, or recreate uh, or, or, or push numbers um, so that way she can get things to help her live because the insurance didn't want to pay for things. Um, and, you know, we're learning right now how, you know, morally that's it's such a tough subject. Um, and, but at the same time, now that we're putting this, uh, 
were removed of everything but it's super clear um and so you know it, 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 i guess what i'm saying is is you know that the whole fact of health um all these other arguments we have are not even possible without community health and um you know it's it's we're kind of learning that right now and um here we are you and your wife both hard working stand up people doing everything you can with the situation you've been given and still unnecessarily struggling to even keep right. your wife alive right and mind you these aren't things that she created they're right. not things and if it wasn't for my career it it probably wouldn't have been possible because mind you the insurance we had to get we self selected to find the best insurance so if i go work somewhere and they have insurance who's to say that they cover 100% of prescriptions who's right. to say that they cover that $80,000 of ivs and those ivs are not just because she went on a ski trip and you know took her leg and and i'm not saying that in a negative comparing i guess what i'm saying is is she was born with this she's just trying yeah. to live and 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 keep a positive attitude and here it is we're having to pay all this money to to do this and you know yeah i get it everybody's got to pay something but it's one of those things of you know we if we invest a bit um yeah. into the foundation um we can kind of I, I think what, what, what has happened if we, we we've all forgotten that we are not immortal. And so, you know, we get frustrated because uh, yesterday didn't go right. We get frustrated because we can't plan tomorrow when really it's right now that we need to be thankful for, because, you know, I mean, when I, had this bell palsy, the whole left side of my face shuts down. And this is just overnight. Did I do anything wrong? I didn't. Thank God it comes back. But it was one of those things that reminds you that, you know, the simple motor function of the whole side of your face, um, drooling, I couldn't eat, I couldn't drink. Um, my eyesight is whack. Um, uh, just smiling isn't even possible. And then you take this down to your heart, your lungs, and all these things are constantly moving, yet we all take it so for granted. And um, unintentionally sometimes, yes, but I, I'm not saying like every day stress about that. I guess what I'm saying is, you know, we forget that some of these things are needed for us to be able to have the frustrations of some of the freedoms we don't have, or at the same time, it helps keeps us down to earth when we get frustrated because we don't get along with somebody or an argument or something like that. And I think, you know, these were some of the discussions Brianna and I had, we call them uh, pillow talk where, um, you know, we would talk about death. We would talk about, um, these different things. And even that in itself, like, um, you know, the, uh, 
in schools, we learn some about sex. We learn a little bit about drugs, but nobody talks about death. And, um, you know, it's, it's kind of this weird uh, faux pas of all these different things that are reality that for some reason our culture has completely um, exnade. I feel like that's a not the best word, but we've almost like shoved it under the rug and um, these are all things that we need to kind of keep on the surface to help us make today better. Um, and it's not negative. It's actually, I see it more positive. And, um, you know, that's one of my struggles right now with this Corona is I, I, I see a lot of these facts that come out and everybody's like, oh, well, you need to stay positive, stay positive. Well, I, I think it is positive. I, I think reality is sometimes positive. And just because we're saying that these facts are strong and they're scary doesn't mean that they're negative. It's actually positive. Why? Because it makes us be more proactive. It makes us better understand. It makes us appreciate our foundation, reminds us we're not immortal. And at the same time, makes us come together better for a community to actually have a better today, which makes tomorrow better than it was yesterday. So, you know, it's, it's, yeah. Wow. That's, uh, that's very deep. I, I appreciate the, you taking the, all the time to find and even highlight the silver linings and everything. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not a professional. I'm not perfect. Um, you know, all this stuff, I constantly am, trying to understand and, and better myself. And I struggle myself at these things. It's so easy to say this stuff, but at the same time to apply it. Um, but when you, you know, having Brianna and living with her and, and loving her, and like the book says, you know, it, it, it to have that as it crumbles away, you know, some of these discussions were needed. And, and um, I think, it shouldn't take people who have these diseases um, to have that understood for those who actually have it a little bit better than most and not even realize it. Exactly. Um, Uh, In all your discussions, did you guys talk about advanced directives and wills and testaments and all that? Yeah. I mean, we, we never sat down. It was like, okay, it's time to talk about the will, but we definitely talked about like, you know, all right, I want this song to be what my, you know, when I die, what it's all about. I want this to go here. Um, and like I said, it was, it was also pillow talk um, is what I called it. Um, so and, romantic. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's usually the time when, um, you know, you can relax and, um, and, and, uh, kind of lay it down and and that's one of the things too is is being comfortable um to talk about these things so one of the things i i've i've been kind of as i go through this now writing the book has really put me and now speaking about it has really put me into these emotions so i've really been thinking about it um and i'm also a person that just you know takes my understanding or or adjusts me instead of trying to adjust others and trying to understand how I can do better. So a couple of things that I've kind of come out with is like uh, some of the sayings is uh, embrace your reality. Um, you know, no matter what your reality is, uh, that's it. 
no matter if your past is bad, keep it out. Use it as a positive uh, drug addiction, um, sexual addiction, um, uh, death, um, anything that it could be. Even if it's something that you think would be negative or hard to talk about, being comfortable with that, or as I've been saying too, comfortable with the uncomfortable, which I think the society has a hard time with and is, is also why I think a lot of people are on this craze of positivity, positivity. Well, being uncomfortable makes you scared or makes us not understand. And I think that sometimes as well is why people are so against some of these uh, things um, is because they're uncomfortable. Well, just because you're uncomfortable and not educated or going through it shouldn't be a reason why you know, it's not discussed or uh, being familiarized. And so I guess what I'm saying when I say be comfortable with the uncomfortable is being brave enough to sit in that uncomfortable and make it something more comfortable with the people you're around. Uh, why? Well, kind of like with uh, my mom, when my mom passed, um, cancer was actually told to us uh, by a brain aneurysm. So we had never talked about death. We had never done anything. So here we are in panic mode. Um, mind you, it took six months uh, for her from that aneurysm to go to actual passing. But it was one of those things where everything was so panicked that you weren't able to actually enjoy the moment and actually walk through it. Um, so then when Brianna passed, because we were talking about it, because things were discussed, we had a plan. We were able, the, the discussions were able to be had and they were able to be comfortable. Now, I mean, I, I understand that some of these things are difficult to talk about. We're in a time right now where we're all at home and this is probably the best time to talk about these things. Why? You got your family contained, uh, everybody's together, and we are all going to die, unfortunately. But to have a plan, to ha talk about it, to be comfortable about those things. If you have kids, what's going to happen if a, a trauma happens between you and your wife? Uh, let's say you get in a car accident. Who's going to take care of the kids? Well, when that happens, if you have a plan in place you don't even have to do much work besides live in the moment. Um, I mean, if you example this to our stages, we're always building plans. Um, at the same time, when you walk into an arena and you've got the metal detectors, how many of us hate having to take all our stuff out? Well, it's because we're preparing for this. We're making it comfortable so that way we can prepare for these things. And that's the same time right now is, you know, these are topics to talk about. Make them comfortable um, because it's going to happen. And when it happens, we want to be able to uh, address it and live in that moment. And so that's kind of what this whole process has helped us with um, is, you know, going through that. And mind you, Brianna was a very huge advocate for cystic fibrosis. So herself uh, also uh, was a speaker um, and also kind of, uh, uh, 
analyze through things, um, was a scientist in her mindset of, you know, uh, kind of walking through the steps. Wow. That's a lot to take in. It sounds like you guys had a lot to talk about, uh, what you're calling your pillow talk. It sounds like you guys had a plan in place. It sounds like you guys were, uh, very prepared for everything. It sounds like she was in a very good mindset the whole time. And, and open to willing, open and willing to talk about everything that she was going through. Yeah, I mean, she she lived uh, with her cystic fibrosis, um, and uh, uh, her cystic fibrosis. Most people, even with with the disease or something, they they tend to hide it. Um, Brianna Brianna didn't let that cystic fibrosis run her life. Um, she ran cystic fibrosis life. Um, so she was all about conquering, all about living. And that was that was that motto she created, the choose your attitude, create your life. That was her quote. She created that. And she created it as a way of, um, I remember in one of the pillow talks, we were sitting there and she, she wanted uh, people to remember her. And she knew that they would remember her by her actions, but they wanted something that would actually stick and live on. Um, and that's kind of what she created. And so we talked about this a lot. Um, mind you, it was spread out in 10 years. And so it's not like, you know, we had our uh, uh, weekly uh, death plan meeting that we would talk about these things. But, you know, one day we would be like, you know, this is that song. I like this song. Will you make this that day? Or, you know, you know, my horse, I want my horse to go to my niece. Um, so it's being open to discuss these things and kind of add them as you go through it. Um, you know, there is games out there um, that I've looked at and I, some of them I want to kind of recreate to make them easier, but there is games about death. There's games about, um, you know, these different scenarios that you could find difficult. Um, but I think one of the biggest important things, and this even comes with, uh, you know, some of the depressions or the grief uh, that you go through after losing somebody um, is once again, that embracing your reality and being comfortable with the uncomfortable, because, you know, as much as you don't want to lose somebody, when you lose them, you still have to live on. And so being able to work through it and understand it and kind of, I mean, that's a whole nother avenue too of who's going to be that team when and if somebody disappears that you're going to lean into, um, you know, uh, being okay with some of the crazy things that, um, happen, uh, in death. Um, for example, um, when family members do things that they don't intentionally do, but they do out of reaction in the moment of the, the trauma, um, and being able to kind of, you know, put those aside and understand, um, you know, how those all interact um, is, is, is a whole other level. And those are kind of like my book number two and three that I already have planned. Um, but yeah, it, it's... Um, what song yeah. do you want played at your funeral? <laughs> um I, that's a good question. I need to come up with that. Um, for her, she loved God's great dance floor. Um, and we actually, uh, uh, 
played it um, at her celebration. And um, uh, I miraculously got up on stage and sang it as well uh, with uh, everybody. So, um, How amazing is that? <laughs> yeah. It, is that I don't know you do often <laughs> singing. Uh, I don't know how amazing it was. Um, I know my voice wasn't that great. Um, I know people wouldn't pay for me. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, you know, that's a whole nother thing too, is, um, you know, I, one of the things I was thinking about earlier too, with this whole uncomfortable part is like, we all get into this situation where we like to stay comfortable. We become laxed. And so like in our industry, one of the, the scenarios is those who climb. Once you become comfortable, that's when you need to be concerned. And so if you're uncomfortable, you're always looking, you're always trying to look for those things that you might miss. And if we kind of looked at life that way, I think we would actually be better as opposed to being so comfortable for that one day that we accidentally don't have that three point check or that we, you know, uh, uh, don't have that safety connected because we just, we got laxed and we just wanted to be comfortable. Well, if you're on a football team, you're, you're doing everything you can not to be comfortable. You want to compete with the teams that aren't, uh, uh, you know, the easiest to play. Why? Cause you want to better yourself. And I think that's where we are right now is, you know, we, we need to be more accepting as opposed to excluding, um, and even more on a sense of, you know, helping others. Um, and when I say helping others, not in your attempt to help others, but allowing them to feel like they can come find help. Um, because at the end of the day, you know, we're all fighting the same fight. Um, That's great all, advice. We, we all tend yeah. to really make mistakes when we get so comfortable. We, we, we pass comfort and we just become complacent. Yep. Yep. Um, when you get complacent is when you make mistakes and when you, it's when you miss details. Right. Um, and a lot of times, sometimes we're looking outside when we need to be looking at us, um, and not saying that you did anything wrong, but, um, you know, kind of like her, her saying, choose your attitude. Well, it's right. We all have a choice and, um, that choice is sometimes easy to say but it's not that easy to do and so finding those triggers or finding those ways to keep that mindset to keep you know in that path um i feel like that's what life is about is you know fighting the demon of your mind that is pretty tough to control but um you know, just learning how you as a person can, you know, add to the community as opposed to the community, uh, you know, adjusting to you, if that makes sense. That absolutely makes sense. A lot of times we blame others for, for our own mistakes and when we should really be looking at ourselves and take full responsibility and full accountability. Right. We're all human. We all make mistakes. Yeah. And, and, you know, once again, embrace your, embrace your reality learn from them and absolutely and without without failure on a football team you know you you can't be successful so you know look at it that make it better um and then that just helps us be better people these are all great words of wisdom thank you so much for taking thank you time nick i really appreciate it i i 
I hope that there's a, a silver lining in all of this. I hope that uh, you being uh, safe at home for this amount of time is, is going to be uh, turn out to be a positive instead of a negative. I know it, it's hard to yes. find it right now, but it, it always exists somewhere if we find it, if we look for it's it. A, it's a constant challenge to do better. So I'm just, you know, it, there's been some tough times, but at the same time, it's just being productive and um, once again, trying to find that spark to to make that positive choice as opposed to all the negative ones that sometimes uh, drown us. If somebody wants to find the book, where can they go? Uh, Chooseyourattitude.com. I've got um, uh, Loving Someone Who's Dying, uh, uh, Choose Your Attitude, Create Your Life. Um, I actually have an illustration uh, that was actually done by uh, Pat Bradley, um, who did uh, Chickabig for uh, Dave Matthews Band. Um, And then um, I actually have some apparel, too, for the uh, Choose Your Attitude uh, uh, mission. So um, my goal is just to help spread Brianna's legacy and uh, learn and do better and um, hopefully inspire others to kind of look at their deeper core and um, help each other get to the top of the anthill. Thank you so much, Nick. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Take care.